Welcome church family. I'm just hopeful that you are enjoying doing church on Zoom. How cool it is that through technology we can all be sort of in one place at the same time. I want to make sure that you, I would love if you could send a thank you message to your uh, host uh, that's hosting a Zoom or if you're just watching us online, I want you to know there's different ways that you can be a part of a Zoom gathering. Uh, hit us up if you need more information of that. But this morning, I want to talk about a topic that sometimes in the Bible that we overlook. It's a topic that we sort of, I wouldn't use the word taboo, I wouldn't go as far as using the word taboo, but in the modern church, it's not really a topic that we sort of talk about, we know it's there, uh, we have a sense of, uh, I don't know if gratitude is the word, but a sense of nostalgia to this, to this particular text, uh, and it's a portion we look over. Uh, but the title of my message that I'm calling is Rule of Thirds, the Rule of Thirds. Uh, the rule of thirds is a principle in photography, and the rule of thirds involves mentally dividing up your image using two horizontal lines and two vertical lines. You then position the most important elements of your image in that scene, and then and you make sure that they meet at certain points, and that's how you get a good image or a video or a photo photograph. And sometimes you think that something as big as that, something as small as that, how does that what effect does it have? It's got great effect. And this morning, what I want to talk about is the rule of thirds, because I want to point to you a third rule that I think is very powerful. Now, we know the Bible says that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so sometimes we can look at the Old Testament as that's the law that's been done away with, that's forgotten, that's forsaken. Uh, and, and when I talk about the law, I cannot help but talk about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. And that's the one that I was referring to as having nostalgic memories about, you know. Uh, if you're American, uh, you would probably say bring it back into the schools. Or the Ten Commandments, bring it back into our rooms. Bring it. We, if you go to an old home or an old school house, you'd have the Ten Commandments stuck on the wall. Uh, and all sorts of things. And people are divided. Some people say God's done with the Ten Commandments. Some people don't want to talk about it. Some people want to talk too much about it. But here's my approach to it. I never see as any word that God says as he had a bad night. I don't think God wrote the Ten Commandments and woke up the next day and said, oh, I think I had a lot of ginger beer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's scribble that out. I don't think so. I think I understand that God had laws. But a lot of times when I look at the laws of God, I actually look at them as governing principles to a good life. Now, I do not think that we need to... Uh, abide. I think it's good to have the Ten Commandments and abide by it, but I don't think we've got to have that as a rule book as our passage to heaven. I believe we go to heaven by faith in the grace of God. But at the same time, when I look at the laws of God, you know, the Bible talks about how the laws of God are good to the soul. And I see this as a, and if you look at it, let's, let's talk about uh, the Ten Commandments. For example, they're all good stuff. Like it starts off with you got to love the Lord, your God with all your heart. How many of you think that's a good, that's a good thought? Uh, uh, it talks about how you shall have no idols. Uh, so no Adidas as an idol. No uh, fear of God. You have the real fear of God as your idol. You know, you have a fear. So I think that's a good one. Do not, do not murder. I think that still works in the 21st century. I think it's a good day when you haven't killed anybody at home. Uh, do not steal. I think, I think that's... Okay, I know some of us like the thug life, but you know there's something called a saved life. Uh, so, so do not steal. So when you actually look about, look about the Ten Commandments, this controversial thing, it's actually a great suggestion for life. 
Uh, it's a great principle to live your life on. I guess it's a good day when you're not stealing or committing adultery or murdering people. I think you are what you call a good citizen. In fact, they say that all most of Western law has been built on the premise of the Ten Commandments. But what I want to do this morning is I want to zoom in, talking to our Zoom community, I want to zoom in on the Third Commandment. On the Third Commandment, and that's why I'm calling it that's why I call this message the rule of thirds. And I want to focus on the third commandment. So I want, I want you to picture before we read what the third commandment is. So the first commandment is, you shall love the Lord. You shall not have any other idols. And you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. So that, those are the first three, right? Now I would assume the fourth commandment would be something like, you should not murder. Right? If you're looking at a priority list, like the first three was about God. So how many of you think God's a bit important? So God gets the first three. We get it. Third one would be like, fourth one would be like, or the third one would be like something like, uh, you know, you shall not murder or you shall not commit adultery or you shall uh, not covet or any of those. But the third one shocked me. And this is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12. It says, this is the third commandment, which I believe is a priority to God. This is what it says. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall, you shall do no work. You nor your sons, nor your daughter, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that your male servants and your female servants may rest as well as you. Uh, I find it interesting that the third commandment after God talks about himself is rest. And he's not just talking about rest, but he's talking about rest and worship. Rest because it's an act of worship. Rest because you have a day of worship. And I think it's because when God created the heavens and the earth, it says that on the seventh day, he rested. God rested as uh, uh, God rested after creation. And I think the rule of thirds is so important is because God is saying, literally this is what God is saying. If you refuse to rest, you're telling you're bigger than me. If you, if you refuse to rest, you're telling me that you're better than me. If there's one person who really shouldn't rest, it's God. <laughs> He's got all the reserve energy, all the, all the power. He's almighty. That's what they call him. He's almighty. He's all powerful. And if God chose to rest, then it's an indication that, that it's important that he is sharing and showing us through scripture that 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 we rest and so it's important that we choose to rest and so now check out what it says in verse 15 part of the same commandment and remember that you were a slave in the land of egypt and the lord your god brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm therefore the lord your god commanded you to keep the sabbath so my first point was when you do not rest you're telling god you're better than him my second thought is this when you refuse so god is telling them the reason why i'm giving you the sabbath was because you were a slave now we might not understand what what, what god means by that a slave could not rest the slave had to work seven days every given hour every given moment they had a bit of sleep bit of bit of food and they just kept going but when god is saying when you refuse to rest we are involuntarily communicating to our body that we are a slave wow. yeah. so when we rest it's an indication of worship that Christ has set us free. The reason I rest is because Christ has set me free. When we were slaves, we had no days of rest. When we were of the world, we had no days of rest. But what have we become in this 21st century? The truth is, guys, if we can be honest for a minute, 
all of us, including me, we've become slaves of schedules, slaves of eye calendar, slaves of email, slaves of text messages, slaves of that. And, and, and our world, uh, it's not you, it's the world that's, that keeps binding us into slavery. Binding us into slavery of network, you know, like I'm jealous of my parents where they could actually stop working in the office and leave the computer there. But today we take it with us and now it wasn't enough to have a laptop. Now we take it with us in our pockets and, and it's this constant thing. And so we got to be aware of it that when we rest, it's, you know, when we don't rest, it's sort of saying, body, you are a slave. And it actually does something to our mind. It actually does something to ourselves saying, I'm a slave and a slave. So, so you are conflicted and, and some of us struggle with our identity in God because we, we know God as a master, but we don't know him as a father. And, and we will always struggle to know him as the father if we don't have. Now, now, some of us are listening to this and we're like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But there is an area in all of our lives where we might be bound to. For some of us, it might be ministry. For some of us, it might be works. But what is that area in our life where we're bound to? Where we're saying, I need to let go. I need to release. I need to reflect. I need to just allow God to breathe in me. I need to restore myself. The Bible talks about how he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's in the place of rest that God can restore. It's in the place of rest that God can refresh. And and here's the thing, when I do not, and here's my third point, and the third point is probably where I'm going to spend the longest time is, and this is a dangerous one, this is a bit of a, not dangerous, but a bit of a, uh, a bit of a warning one, and this is what I've learned personally, that when I do not, when I do not rest, God will make it happen. When I do not rest, God will make it happen. There's a section in the Bible, in Second Chronicles, uh, it's a whole chapter, but the last part of it, I remember in 2000 and 2010, I think, it was the first time I met up with uh, Pastor John Bevere. We were in Pastor Shane's office, and it was my first time meeting him. He had heard of me before through his wife, uh, but it was our first meeting. And it was just we were just getting started, and we were getting to travel a bit more. And I thought he would give me like the three keys of great ministry, and the three keys of growing your profile, and the three keys of doing this and, and, and all of a sudden as we were talking he opens his Bible to Second Chronicles and, and starts showing me the scripture that I'd never seen before um, and it's an interesting one but in Second Chronicles chapter 36 verse 20 it says and those who escaped the sword so this is talking about the fall of Jerusalem those who escaped this from the sword he carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. So I want to explain it. So I don't know if you know this, but Israel's been through a few battles. Um, I have, as I shared a couple of weeks ago, I went through a, a war myself. I grew up in a country that went through the Gulf War. Whenever a country is occupied, it actually makes sense for the king occupying or the leader or the commander occupying the company, uh, that country to possess that country. So they occupy that country for the land, for the wealth in the Middle East, it was the oil. Uh, you know, some places it was maybe diamonds. There's always some agenda where they're taking land. I never understood why in the book, in, in, in Israel, when Israel got attacked by the king of Persia, he took all the people from there and left the land empty. Like that is the perfect recipe for overpopulation. If anything, he should send his people to that land, go make houses, go build skyscrapers, go build, you know, schools, orphanages, and hospitals, whatever. He leaves the land, but then check out what it says in verse 21. So it says, let me read 20 again so they get it. 
Those who escaped from the sword. So in other words, people that weren't killed, he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants. So remember, these guys were sons. God saved them. But they went back into being servants because they were already behaving like servants. They became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. Verse 21. Now check it out. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. See, what you may not understand is in the book of Numbers, God actually says that it was not just for humans to enjoy Sabbath, but it was also for the land to enjoy Sabbath. But the way the land was to enjoy Sabbath was that they would work the land for six years and rest at seven. Then another six years and rest at seven. Then another six years and rest at seven. So one generation comes along, maybe they're 10 generations down the road, and they're like, hey, you know, we're producing all these grapes, and the winery is really taking, you know, we're now import, exporting it to Damascus, and uh, there's a lot happening. And the son comes up to the dad and says, dad, what is this whole six-year thing? Everyone's talking about the six-year. But next year, if we, if we add this specific fertilizer, we can make it, we can make it another seventh year we can have another year of increase so they do another year and then nothing happens and they look up god's not punishing no angels coming no angel of death so then they go six years and then the seventh year they do it again and the next generation comes along they do six years seventh year they do it again how many years 490 years they thought god forgot sometimes it takes god 490 years before he imposes what he's expected of us and israel ribbed god 490 years and of that 70 years of rest and so god said you know what if you don't know how to take care of your land and you have made your land your slaves because you treat yourself like slaves i'm going to make you exactly what you're supposed to be i'm going to make you a slave to sin see sometimes some of us struggle with lust and sin and addictions not even because we are bad people but because we're just so bound by everything else if we treat our schedules like slaves we become slaves and we end up being slave to addictions and habits and mindsets and thought processes that are really not of god and and, 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 you know, I, w- I want to just encourage us. And, and here's why I'm trying to say this message. This is a real, um, this is a real, I don't know if this is a prophetic message. But I wonder if this global lockdown has to do with all of us just having a Sabbath. You know, if I can, be, if I can take a moment and talk as a pastor. I, when I look at the Western church, I feel we are just constantly... This event and that event, we're jumping from events to events and people are just being more and more bound. I'm not seeing people being free. I'm not seeing people being healed. I'm not seeing the most bound people are in churches at times. And, 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 I'm, and I'm looking and, I'm, uh, and I know that we should pray for safety and protection. But when I look, I am rejoicing inwardly at what God is doing in all our churches, including ours. I'm saying, God, thank you for pressing the reset button. Thank you, Jesus, so that we can just worship you without, you know, when's that coming? When's that this happening? Like those projects and 
yeah. councils and this and that. I know we got to do all the things by the book, but sometimes can the church be the church? Can people just be people? Can humans just be humans? Can we just live and enjoy and celebrate and, and, and enjoy the good things in life? I mean, when was the last time we looked at into the clouds and saw the glory of God? And, 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 and I'm loving what God is because I don't know if you know, if you're watching and if you're hosting, I want you to know there's a, there's a phenomenon happening in the local church. There's a phenomenon happening in the global church that I think is so attractive, that I think resonates the heart of God more than anything else, where literally his children are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And I'm not saying, I'm not looking at this as a punishment. I believe that any virus, any disease is of the enemy. But that which the enemy intended for evil, God can reverse for the good of his church, for the good of his world. And you know, even, even I found, a, someone sent me a picture from NASA that showed me that, uh, you know, there's, there's greenery that's been showing off in different places and islands and dolphins jumping up and uh, on, the, on top of bridges and stuff like that, that that are now left unoccupied just because even literally like the earth is healing itself. As we are just saying, you know what, we've got to pull back. We've got to pull. I've asked the question, where is our world going? You know, when we look at our businesses, when we, and, and, and on top of the list is churches. You know, we've got this happening and that happening. And, and we, you know, and if I can just be honest as a pastor, sometimes the pressure is on, on because that church is doing 10 conferences. We've got to do 15. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I'm just like, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you pressing the reset button. And I'm loving what God is doing. And so maybe you are here. Or maybe you're watching. You're like, well, I don't have family time. Well, praise God. Now you have family time. Yeah. I don't have time for my kids. When I get the time, I will. Now we have the time. Yeah. Let's yeah. get the best. Let's enjoy this Sabbath. Let God heal our souls. Let God heal our hearts. Let God heal our spirits. And you know what is amazing? It's only in times like this that the greatest innovation comes. Yeah. And the church has had no time to think. People have had no time to think. Family has had no time to think. And here's the thing. When people stop thinking, people stop dreaming. And, and all the devil needs is he just wants us to stop dreaming. He just wants us to stop thinking. And as long as we are not thinking, as long as not, we're not refreshing, God cannot, God cannot breathe. God cannot speak into us. And I just want uh, you to take a moment right now and say, God, because all of us have our own context. All of us have our own families, our own work situation. And I know some of us are panicking and maybe you've lost jobs and things like that. But here's what the Lord says. The Lord says, look at, look at the lily. Look at the birds. Uh, look, at, look, at, look at the trees. You know, they are well more better clothed than Solomon, King Solomon, the richest man on the planet. You know, and God is saying, I know you might be lacking. And if you are lacking, if you don't have food, reach out to us. We will make sure you get food. Don't you worry about it. But here's my time. Don't, don't stress out on what you don't have. Look up and say, God, what are you trying to teach me during this season? Yes. What are you trying to speak to me during this season? In fact, we, have, we don't have too much time, but on our social media platform, we've got certain practical things you can do when you're going through self-isolation. But I want to encourage us this morning. I want us to embrace this season and say, God, let me, let me tell you, we've all been shocked. You've been shocked, but God's not been surprised. God's not been surprised. And I'm not preaching this message as a punishment, but I'm saying God is a God of principles. God is a God of principles, but you know what? I don't want you to just look at the principles. I want you to now reach out to His presence and say, God, what is your presence telling me during this season? What do you have to show me during this season? Speak to me. Let creativity flow. Let, let, let your spirit flow through me. Let, it, let, let me not carry a polluted spirit that has agenda and control and uh, you know this and that. Let me carry a sweet spirit 
and 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 I will I just want I, I, please if I can plead with you right now don't waste this time God's redeemed some of our time some of us said we don't have time God is saying I'm giving you time I'm giving you time I'm giving you time praise God for time it's only God who can give us time and so God's given us time so I want to pray for people that are watching and maybe you're like you know um what do I do? Well, if you don't have faith in Jesus, now is a great time to put your trust in Jesus and say, God, lead me by your presence and so I can understand your principles of rest and understand your principles of what you have for me. But I want to take a moment to pray for us, pray for our church, pray for everybody that's watching. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we realize this morning that the principle of the third is more significant to you than we realize. That sometimes in our minds we think adultery and murder and all that things are dangerous and we shouldn't go there. But God, this is so precious to you because it's an act of worship. Lord, I know even right now of people that are messaging me that haven't been in church for months saying, I wish I could come to church. I wish I could honor God. But wherever, wherever we are, God, I pray right now that you would touch us. Your presence would rest upon us. And Lord, I pray that you would, you would drop down. You would airdrop specific downloads in people's heart. What can they do in this season? Maybe it's, maybe it's a study. Maybe it's to rest. Maybe it's to focus. Maybe it's to pray. Maybe it's to go on a fast. Maybe it's to just read the word of God. Maybe it's to be around family and treasure those moments and make memories as we go. So Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching and I'm sure there's going to be discussions that come. If you've been blessed by this, comment something, share this and we will see you next week. Bye for now.